Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make our community tick. We are privileged today to have two women in New Haven who sort of made New Haven tick and now really getting ready to make New Haven tick. Give a happy WNHH welcome to Alders Elect. I think that's a cool phrase, by the way, when it's more than one. Alders Elect. Alders Elect, <laughs> Teresa Morant and Brittany Mabry Nieblack. Did I say that right? Mabry Nieblack. Nieblack. Yes. Welcome to Dateline New Haven. And thanks so much for coming in on Tuesday. And when I'm going to ask you when you talk to get real, real close to that microphone. Like you're almost touching it, but not quite. You don't have to get the germs, but we want to hear you. So you newly elected Alders. We got a bunch of newly elected Alders coming in. We had a few people in last week. And I always love talking about when they're first elected because you're not cynical yet, right? You believe you're going to be able to do stuff. I mean, right. you put all this time in. You believe you get, something's going to happen, right? So, but first of all, congratulations on winning. Thank Teresa, you. Teresa, you're in War 12, or yes. uh, Gerald Antunes, the older, for quite a while. Yes. I think for 20 years or something, reti- retired. Yes. And uh, so you didn't have, but you still had opposition, as did you, Brittany. Again, it was an open seat. The older did not run for re-election, but you did have to beat someone. So how'd it go? I mean, uh, I... Uh, how do you feel about being an alder now, Teresa? Interesting. It's 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 um challenging. A lot of information to learn. One sense I got when you walked the door today is that even though you don't take office January first, your phone's still already ringing, isn't it? Yes. Who's calling you? Um, many constituents is calling, but um, prior to me um announcing that I was running for alder, I was um knocking doors with um. Um, New Haven rising about um, issues in the community um, in regards to holding large landlords, you know, accountable, um, fighting for good union jobs, as well as more um, youth opportunities. And just talking to different constituents, um, we learned about other issues that they were facing. And it's it's pretty, it's a lot. It's a lot of issues. And So you've done a lot of door knocking yes. before you ran for all this. Yes. You know what that was like? Yes. And, uh, you know, whenever you hear the word on the doors, because you said I've been on the doors, that's usually someone who's at Unite here and they go out. <laughs> they know how when there's a yeah. campaign going on, you really have to talk to people face to face. you got to show up at their house and really know right. what, hear what people are saying right. directly from them to do something about it. Right. So was this a natural progression for you, Brittany, that uh, you had worked in campaigns, labor campaigns? You were also a ward co-chair in New Hallville. Well, was no, this I like a next a, step? I wasn't a ward co-chair in New Hallville. Uh-huh. Um, I was um work when I worked at the university I um, um helped with New Haven Rising and um you know knocked doors and also prior to me living in my old neighborhood I was in um with Alder Yvette Hamilton I was in her ward as well okay and I was on her um ward committee and you know I took the constituents and I was helping in that area as well so it kind of progressed from there and I guess when I looked at your bio Brittany, I kind of saw a story that we're hearing more and more of people who are involved in New Haven. It's kind of changed a bit who's in politics. In the last 10 years now, it's people who got work maybe at Yale who've decided that being part of a union was a way that helped them accomplish stuff, not just for themselves, but for their city. That gave them the bug and put them on the doors. And that somehow this didn't used to be that being involved in union at work became a stepping stone to being involved in politics. Is that true for you? Um, I would say it had something to do with it, um, but I think I was a natural-born leader. Um, I did utilize all opportunities that were afforded to me in New Haven um, that other community men- members need to know about. 
So when I was laid off, I was working um, with New Haven Works. Um, I was introduced to the, um, the program that was afforded to New Haven residents. And I learned about the pipeline where Yale promised jobs. So I took advantage of that opportunity. So let me just tell people what that is in case they don't know. So 13 years ago, the Unite Here ran a slate of people, not just in the Unite Here, who are labor-oriented, became the majority of the board. All this. And one of their first demands was good jobs for people. Right, right. And they negotiated this organization called New Haven Works. Yes. And big employers, especially Yale and Yale New Haven Hospital, but not just them, mm-hmm. agreed that we're going to be part of this. And we're going to help people find good jobs. And since then, a lot of people have found jobs. So when I looked at your bio, Brittany, you talked about um, how you had jobs you weren't crazy about when you got out of Southern, when you were done with Southern, and you wanted to kind of step up. And then through New Haven Works, you got a job as a medical administrative assistant at Yale. And is that, were you laid off from that job or were you laid off previously? And that's how you got that job. I was laid off from another company in 2018, and I joined New Haven Works in 2018. And I was able to get a job at the university in 2019. And now you have a new job. Is that because you wanted to move yeah. up again? Yes. I wanted to um, go down a different career path. And I also utilized New Haven um, Works to land a job at the state of Connecticut. And what was that career path? Um, through New Haven Works. But I mean, what, what career are you looking to go into? Okay. So I'm going to be an administrative assistant for DEMIS for the state of Connecticut. Mental Health and yes. Administrative Services. Yes. That's one of the weirdest acronyms. D-M-H-A-S. Right. Yes. And it's got this pronunciation, Demus. Yes. That sounds to me like it should be D-E-M-U-S. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Health and addiction opinion. Services. Yeah. So, well, congratulations. Thank so that you. Show, so you had an example here. Being part of a union was part of a group that made it possible for you to get a better job. So, uh, so, but how did it technically come about that you then ran for this office? Did you know people from being in that organization? So, when I was working in Ward 23 with at Hamilton, I worked on... Um, her work committee, that's when I actually started to get involved with politics um, and just learn about the world of politics. Um, I never consider myself and th- a And that had politics. to be the fun word because she had yeah. the great parties with the like the goat stews and stuff at her house if you're involved yeah. in her campaigns. Um, yeah. That's got to be the word to get involved <laughs> in, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so I met I met some, you know, very, you know, nice people, um, Art Perlow. I know my pastor, he was running for work coach here and at work, so I helped canvas um, his campaign as well. And then um, I just became part of the, the work committee and that's what ignited something in me to, you know, want to continue to affect change and see change within my community. And then that's when, you know, I started working and then I ent- um, ended up buying a house in New Hallville, um, which landed me into running for order in that, that work. And then you bought that house through yes. the Yale Home Buyer Program. Yes. I know I'm a broken record here, but that happened partly because of pressure from the city and the unions. They yes. did that a little earlier than when Local 34 took over the city government, but they then refined the program mm-hmm. to make sure that priority neighborhoods like New Hallville were places where people who had mid-level jobs could buy homes. Right. So am I putting words in your mouth? No, um, it, you're you're right. I like I said, I utilized every opportunity that was afforded to me, um, getting a job, a good union paying job, and utilizing the first time home buyers program at Yale, as well as partnering with um, Neighborhood Housing Services of New Haven, as well. They um, helped me with the entire process as well for me to be able to purchase a multifamily home in New Haven. So you'll be a landlord too. Yes. But you'll be one of the nice ones. 
I am a, I am a lovely landlord. <laughs> if someone's saying like my faucet doesn't work, they don't have to try to track you down. You can no, be downstairs. Nope. He could come right upstairs and knock <laughs> on my upstairs. door. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about um, how to make the city better from two people who've just stepped up to spend a lot of their time the next two years as alders, first term alders in New Haven, Teresa Morant and Brittany Mayberry Nyblack. Nyblack? Nyblack, yes. Nyblack. And uh, Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM. So Teresa Morant, I'd gotten it back with you were the one who ended up on a ward committee. You grew up, Ward 12 is in um, what we now call Quinnipiac Meadows. Yes. But if I'm correct, they didn't call it that when you were growing up. No. They called it Exit 8 or Bridgeship Woods? Yes, Exit 8 for sure. Yeah, and if I get, and that's Exit 8 off I-91. Isn't it funny how that exit became the exit that called the neighborhood? Like, we don't have Exit 7, we don't have Exit 3. Right. We don't, we don't have Exit 46 on Long Wharf. What, do you, what is about Exit 8? Exit 8. They let's off just onto um, Route 80, so there are all the stores. So people right, kinda, right. Yeah, the yeah. Walmarts and the, you yeah. know, the big, the big stores. So you grew up in the neighborhood. I did. I did. And what was it like growing up there? Off exit it was nice. It was, it was pretty offset, quiet. It was just, you know, homeowners. Very, very nice. Very nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Still is nice, but it was definitely nice um, and, growing up. And you, in your career, you start working at St. Ray's, the hospital, right? You're an administrator. You're an associate who reads patients and helps them get situated? Yes, I work in the um, psychiatric department. Oh, psychiatric mm-hmm. department. Okay, yes. so you kind of got to be calm, right? I, I try. Yeah. I try. But, you know, here I'm going to put words in your mouth and tell me if it's accurate or not. So it's, uh, for the last 15 years, part of your job, you kind of steer people places. Now, Brittany was talking about how people, part of what she's seeing and is her job, if I have it right, is help people know about opportunities like she's been from. And you just kind of become like a translator, right? right? Or a guide from the government. You know what's around. You help people find it. What is that something that had to do with why I'm being older? Or how come about when Jerry and Toons retired that you decided, hey, I think I'll run for office? Um, I used to actually be a co-chair in Brittany's ward oh, wow. some years ago with um, Geneva Pollock. Um, and the older person was Brenda Foskey. Oh, I love Brenda. Yeah. yeah She's in Hamden so, now. You yeah. know, so I learned definitely from the best. Mm-hmm. So I used to be a co-chair then, and I enjoyed it then. I enjoy um, being able to be a voice for the people, mm-hmm. um, knocking on doors, meeting new people, seeing what the needs are. That's I, I really enjoy helping people, being a voice for sure. And did you um, were you involved in union too, like Brittany? I I was. What I was. union were you with? I'm with the um the local fifteen. I'm not familiar fifteen. Are they at the at, at St. Ray's? Oh, you know, when Yale New Haven bought St. Ray's, did the union stay at St. Ray's? No, the union stayed. Because they don't have the um, union at the other campus. Yeah, they didn't have a campus, but we was able to, thankfully, I had no idea that you kept the union with a new owner. Yes, thank you. And how how are they doing? What would the union do for you at St. Ray's? They just keep keep things grounded. They keep us, you know, um, especially being on, you know, York Street, Mm -hmm. Yale is a definite corporation. So, you know, you have to keep them grounded. And boy, they've gotten big. So you were there before you only haven't took over St. I Raphael's. Was, I was. And what was that like to be there when that happened? That was a culture change, right? It was definitely different. Um, and the ironic part about it was I was at St. Ray's, and I <laughs> said that I would never work for Yale New Haven Hospital. <laughs> and then they came and took over. So I was like, I guess I will I work for them. I didn't see that one coming myself. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. So oh, is that because St. Ray's had the reputation of being sort of a little smaller cozier yeah, yeah. but you know have another reputation right or wrong of being a little sharper yeah they, like yeah. if you were going to maybe die something that was a little complicated you want to be at Yale New Haven and if you right. wanted to like get a little more TLC and feel like you were cozy you want to go to St. Ray's that's that yeah. right 
I thought always thought St. Rachel's was more family-ish. You yeah. know, like you said, a small. And Yale was like this big giant. But they're they're good, though. They're they're good. They're, Yale is good. And so you got involved in politics in the Ward Committee. And mm-hmm. what brought you back to Ward 8? I mean, to, to Exit 8, Ward? I came back because, well, Jerry had left before. And I was thinking about it then. Um, but then, you know, he decided to stay. And I would never in a million years run against Jerry get that clear but this time he was done he just said you know he was done so i said okay so because we have a lot of other different things now in the, in our area but were you already living back in the neighborhood mm-hmm. had you come back mm-hmm. yes, what brought I, you back just my mom's still there for one so you know it was easy it was easy mm-hmm. to, to be to be back so um you know when jerry decided that was enough and seeing now because we always been a little sit back neighborhood, mm-hmm. but now yeah. you know bigger issues came about. So you know we had a dispensary trying to come. Now we got the hotel shelter coming. Um, so now it's, it's just a bigger monster, and it has to be people that can stand up and be the voice for the people. Because mm-hmm. people have questions. People nervous. They're scared. They're all oh, big sh- homeless shelters coming. Oh, what does that mean? And da da da. So they needed representation, and I and I know I'm a voice. So, it how was, did it? it was, but how did technically come about? Who did someone suggest to you? Jerry? Did Jerry suggested to you? Do you know him from growing Jerry, up? Jerry, yeah. Well, Jerry lives like two doors down from me, so we, you know, we talk, you know, here and there. But um, once he said that was it, it was it was an easy decision. You say people are scared. It's kind of interesting. You know, what always scared me about your ward was riding my bike there. Because everything's like a super highway. You ever notice that on Route 80? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people are going in nine directions, big trucks, people driving five times the speed limit, going in and out of all the, you know, the parking crazy. lots for all the fast food establishments, <laughs> you know. And I know people talk about traffic there. People get hit a lot over there. Big time. And, um, but now, you is that what they're scared about? They're more scared about the proposal, just to let the listeners know what you're referring to, was there was a days in, 56 rooms, yeah. that the city bought, and they're going to make it a, 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 no, a shelter for homeless people to yeah. live I guess up to 60, uh, how many days at a time where they get like a room rather than being in one big right. gymnasium right. with cots. Yeah. And, you know, they were pretty, you know, they had questions. Um, we're pretty nervous about that. So, um, you know, you just have to reassure them because actually it's a beautiful thing to be able to contribute to helping the homeless yeah. population because it's grown so, you know, big here. So it's actually a honor for me. Um, working in psych as it is, dealing with a lot of homeless people, and to now be able to have a solution to to help this homeless, you know. So where do you come as an alder here to just get their answers, questions answered? That's, that's yeah, yeah. And assure them but that, you're happy that, that it's, that it's okay. happening. I am, I am, because it's, it's a solution. You're not saying not in my neighborhood? Mm-mm, no, because they're people too, so... Mm-hmm. And everybody's not homeless by choice. Some was just bad decisions or, you know, something could have happened that caused it. So I'm, I'm, I'm more happy kind of, to be a solution. What, what kind of questions are you answering for people about whether there'll be people on site for security? Correct. Correct. People are very concerned. Um, you know, our neighborhood is a lot of homeowners and they're very concerned. Um, so, you know, um, the, the mayor and the um, staff from... Um, come and they just assure them that you know it's going to be a smooth 
this is how it's going to run. It's not just a shelter that people could just come hang outside, you know, no rules and stuff like that. It's a structured plan. Mm -hmm. There's a strategy to this. I've been kind of impressed with how the last few years New Haven's been trying to come up with solutions like that. I'm thinking about when in the pandemic hit and they did this in, in West Hills, though not everybody loved it there, but they went to a motel and got people in the rooms over the winter and said this might be a longer range idea and you try to get them help on site if they needed help. You know? Correct. So am I, am I right with the two of you when I'm hearing you about why to be an alder? Some people have like a big issue, right? Like I want to see city do X, Y, and Z. Right. Or like when the, when the Unite Here people had their three issues about community policing and, um, and the uh, good jobs for people. I'm trying to remember what the third was. I'm sorry, it's not hitting me right now. But is it more with you about you just want to serve in terms of being a, a connection between the people and power and government so that they can have opportunities? Or do you also have any kind of issues that are ex you're excited about playing a part in crafting solutions? I you know, I think the, the most important um, part of being an alder is really having a heart for the people mm -hmm. and really caring about the, the people that you serve. Um, there's a lot of issues, you know, ranging from sidewalks, trees, speed bumps, jobs, um, holding mega landlords accountable, having more opportunities for youth. The, the, the problems range from, you know, on a smaller scale to much larger scale. And I think the important thing is to hear each constituent out and try to be an advocate, try to be a voice, and also hold those in power or at City Hall and hold those people accountable and follow up. So what do you think about mega landlords? So these are people who buy lots of property. Some of them own from investors from out of town. They buy low-income property, you get Section 8 people renting. Some of them own more property than the Housing Authority does for doing this job. And they're not always doing such a good job keeping it up, right? So as an alder, what are you hearing, Brittany, and how are you feeling you might address the issue? Um, even knocking on doors. I've seen, you know, outside, like, trash. I've seen ceilings caving in. I've seen... You've seen ceilings caving in? Yes. Um, I've seen, you know, windows needing to be fixed, oh. like, rusted out. It's, it's, it's a lot. And I think, like, you know, like, Landlord like Mandy, Pike, Ocean, Diamond, to name a few, they're buying up all of these properties. They're charging, they're going up on a rent, and they're not keeping up with the upkeep of the properties. You know, mm -hmm. people are literally living in slumps. They're not living comfortably, and they're paying. I I think they if they're paying that much, and then these landlords are going up each year on a rent. I mm -hmm. think they should give them a place where they could you know, live comfortably and make sure that they're keeping up with the upkeep of the property. And that's what they're not doing. And how, how is it all? Do you going to hold them accountable or, or get response? I'm going to continue knocking doors. I'm going to continue partnering with other community organizations um, and seeing what we can do. Um, there is some stuff in the works um, and I'm going to continue to, you know, assist where, I, where needed. You know, the Fair Rent Commission has more yeah. teeth than it used to. That's one area. Right. If you feel the rent isn't fair, then another they can hold it back. There's also the inspections. Do we have enough yeah. inspectors out? What do you, what are you noticing, Teresa, on that? As far as housing inspectors to make sure these landlords do a, do their job. Oh yeah, yeah. I've as as Brittany said, walking and knocking on doors. I've seen some horrid what are you, conditions from landlords. Yes. What have you seen? Um, like door the doors with no doorknobs, no the the lock's broken, painting 
trash in the hallways. And is um, that the landlord sometimes, or is that the tenant with the trash and landlord and trash in the hallways? Well, whether it's the landlord or the tenant, if it is the tenant, the landlord should have property managers yeah. on the premises. And are they not doing a good enough job in property management? I know, in fact, they no. started in your part of town, this tennis union. Right. I'm going to be like, yeah. I love it. And so what do you, what do you think when you hear Brittany talk about this and you talk about what you saw? So this struck you when you were campaigning about the condition of rental properties? Definitely. And I walked Brittany's war, so I've seen even some of the the stuff that she Any thoughts in addition to echoing what, what Brittany said, what, how you'd like to address the issue when you're in office? Absolutely. Absolutely. Brittany is, I love Brittany. Brittany is, Brittany is, she's powerful. What I meant, do you have thoughts about how to address the issue? As far as just, um, partnering with p people, definitely like LCI for sure. Mm -hmm. LCI. So LCI, yes. you're gonna be on speed dial. We don't have speed dial anymore. <laughs> LCI, remember speed dial? You're too young. Remember speed dial? I I, I remember speed. Dial. You remember speed dial? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. The world changes. There's no more speed dial. Everything is speed dial. But is LCI gonna be on your contacts? Absolutely. Should they be expecting to hear from the two Absolutely. of you? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And who they'll be hearing from? They'll be hearing from Alders Brittany, Mabry Nyblack, and Teresa Morant. Newly elected. We'll call them Alders elect for a few more minutes, and then January 1st, <laughs> they're being sworn in. Oh, and we're yeah. talking about that on Dateline New Haven at WNHH-FM. So what about affordable housing more broadly? So we, we know that... We need alders on the front lines to say, hey, they, they, I don't have a doorknob, I'm not even safe, you know, they caved in. But more broadly, we don't have an affordable places to live. And that's a tough question, right? Yes. Like some people who want, agree we need more affordable housing disagree about how to get it, right? So we passed a law that said if you're building new apartments, you got to set aside some that people can afford in addition to market rate. But other people say that actually gets you less affordable housing. Have you ever familiar with this theory? That because that then it costs too much for them to build it because they don't make enough money on the rent, so then they don't build it. But if they do build something that's just for wealthier people, then you have more apartments there. Yeah. So then the other apartments won't cost as much because of supply and demand. But other people said that's a theory. That's not the way it works in real life. So one group is called Build, Build, Build. Yes, in my backyard, right? And and these are people who all agree we need more affordable housing. Other people say no, you need to put the rules on like New Haven did and require that some of that everything you build is affordable. What, what have you folks thought about that? Um, I actually do not have an answer for that question because I am, I'm still thinking about it. As a, just about everyone in the country who deals with the issue, nobody's sure. Yeah, some people think it creates a new reality when you bring all these wealthy people in, they kind of take over the neighborhood and then more people like that come in, but other people say there's a finite number of people who want to come in, so then you will take the pressure off the rent. So it's hard to, but like a great example, it's not directly in your ward, but it's in New Hallville's 201 Munson's. You got that one block on Science Park. You got that. You got two other properties in old factories up the hill. You got across the street, which is a little, I think, more of a mix of affordable on the vacant lot there by the edge of Monterey. You got four big, and then down the street, you got all affordable housing with um, the church that's building, the Brooks's church is building that um, complex. You got so much housing going up there. When I walk by there, I have people stop me from the neighbors saying, am I going to be able to afford to live there? And I really don't know what to tell them. Like 200 months and no. What, what do you think when you see all those apartments going up near the edge of your ward? Um, I believe that um, there should be a gateway for better paying jobs for people to be able to afford where they live. Um, and opportunities for people to have access to more affordable housing 
or building affordable homes that people could buy. Um, housing is an issue, and it's just it's, it's been an issue for a while. And I believe that there should be some solutions in place. And you know, when developers build and they feel like you know having a certain amount that are affordable housing, you know, for the community is beneficial, then I'm for it. You know, but I think that they should, you know, be accountable for that, those numbers of apartments and give it to the people that actually really need it. And how, any thoughts about other ideas about dealing with either affordable housing or homelessness? You know, this whole debate about Rosette Street, they put those little tiny shelters, they call them tiny homes. They're kind of in between a closet and an apartment, right? And, but, that, you know, it gets you out of the cold, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of safe. And so they're building, I'm saying, we can squeeze a lot of this on a property. The city's saying you're not up to a building code yet. You know, you want to make sure it doesn't burn down. They're made out of um, particle board. What, what's your theory about the tiny homes? I actually do not have an answer for that question. And that's cool, by the way. I love the way that you don't just say, <laughs> I think this about everything. Right. You're learning, right? <laughs> right there. Have you followed it at all, or the tiny homes? Thing? I have a little. Have oh, a what's little. your thought on it? That's okay. So, but it's got, I'm interested in just watching what's going to happen, because it's getting cold now. But we it know is getting cold. I mean, I think it's just a... Uh, again, a solution that someone had to help. Yeah. And what you know? about schools? You know, you, you, you both go to public schools in New Haven when you grew up? Yes. Where did you go? You went to Hill House? Yes. I went to, I was born and raised in New Haven. I've been to New Haven public schools all my life. And um, and wh where did you go to school, Teresa? I went to Hill House for a few, but then I went to Eli Whitney. Eli Whitney, okay. Yeah. So given your own experience, what you're seeing now, what kind of, picture do you have of the public schools do you think there's work that needs to be done work that you're interested in calling attention to to how to improve education um there 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 are a lot of issues it's it's very different from when i was in um school from the food to the it's just different and, how's, how's the food different um it's different and um <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, it's very different from when I, you know, grew up. Um, my kids, they do not eat the school lunches. Um, How come? It, it's just their preference. You know what's surprising when my kids went to edge of school was, and I don't know if this happened when they were in high school because they brought lunch, but when they gave you juice or an apple, it was frozen solid. You couldn't eat the apple or the fruit juice, couldn't drink it because it was frozen solid. <laughs> I remember saying, oh, you got something yeah. healthy. Oh, you can't. So what do you do? You pack your kids' lunches? Um, I tell them to. They're old enough. Uh, oh, how old are they're, they're they're fifteen and thirteen. Um, one of my one of my daughters actually is not in the New Haven Public School. She's um, she took advantage of the um, Aces Open Choice and she's mm -hmm. in Amity um Orange. Oh, how's well. that work out? It's working out pretty well for her. Um, I actually brought brought my daughter, my my oldest. She started in um Amity her freshman year, and I actually brought her back to New Haven Public School system. So she's at Hill House right now. And why did you bring her back? Um, I just felt it was better for her future, um, more opportunities um, afforded to her in New Haven, like the um, New Haven Promise Scholarship, and she runs track, so she's currently running track for um, Hill House. It's, the reason I'm asking you a question, I'm so interested in this question, because you remember Chef versus O'Neill, the lawsuit about desegregating schools, mm -hmm. and one decision they came up with is you got to let some people go from a city to a suburban school, and some people in New Haven, it works out great for and some, and some people not. feel like they don't really can't really deal with the city kids. Sometimes it's racial. I've had some parents say, you know, they really can't deal with black kids. Yeah. Other people just say, you know, like 
my kid wasn't going to thrive there the way they did back at Hill House. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But for one, it's split it was, with your kids. Yeah, it was a it was a culture shock for my oldest. Um, going from New Haven Public School to a suburban school it was a it was a culture shock, and it was very different from her. So she didn't thrive as I wanted her to her freshman year. She also ran track. So I graduated from Hill House, and um, great diamonds come out of Hill House. Um, mm-hmm. Class of 2007, I think we were the best. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking at my classmates now, they're they're all, you know, majority are successful and are doing a very fantastic job, including myself. Um, class of 2007. But my daughter, she goes to the house and she does run track. And um, I just thought it would be better for her, um, you know, in, in a New Haven public school. But the other child is doing okay in Amity. Yeah, she's doing okay in Amity. But when she graduates next year, well, in 2024 i will be bringing her back to new haven oh she's in middle school yes middle school is tough years i don't know if there's such a thing as a school that's okay to go to when you're in middle school yeah <laughs> those are tough years it's, it's different i wanted to try something different um with them just to see mm-hmm. you know how it will be but you know i'm bringing it and how's Hill house doing they've had a, a three principals in three years and in the pandemic they were having trouble finding enough teachers to kind of teach the classes um, I talked to one house parent the other day who said they've had one course where the teacher hasn't been there for two and a half months. Yeah, my my daughter's um one of her classes is going through the, um a similar situation. It's not statistics, um, is it? I'm not sure. I can't, an- about I, can't, <laughs> I can't answer that because But they also have some really, you know, vibrant people there. I know assistant principal yeah. Jonathan Berryman has a lot of good yeah, things going I, on. I there love I love Mr. Berryman. He's doing a fantastic job. Um I will say um a teacher shortage is just not in new haven it's, right. it's, everywhere. Everywhere. it's everywhere so we can't just say you know the statistics of new haven not having enough teachers that's a that's an, a that's statewide everywhere. issue yeah. um with, with with a teacher shortage um, and cops yes and mm-hmm. cops. and everywhere. former cops who were alders <laughs> aren't alders <laughs> anymore like in your ward Teresa. what do we do about that how do you feel about policing new haven do we need uh, to fill those ranks the way to do that or alternate approaches um i be- i believe so i believe that um the children are our future. And I know that's a cliche, but I believe that, you know, that if more um, of our youth took advantage of the PAL program, I think we could really, um, you know, gear up some of our youth to want to take a career in. Well, you know, Hill House policing. has the public safety program, correct? Mm-hmm. Where you can start yeah. earning yeah. credits toward that. Yes. So I think, I think if more, I think if, if, if our youth was to start seeing policing in a different light and get more education on it um i believe that they will have a more um you know a light to want to go in that direction if they have more education and knew more about it what is a police officer what do a police officer do what is the job what are they supposed to do like you know i i think they have like a negative impression so i think if they were more educated they may want to take an interest in that in that field i've been noticing that officers of color who grew up in new haven are young they go to the academy Fired up, do a good job in New Haven. Within two years, Hamden or some other town is saying, we'll pay you more money mm-hmm. and you don't have to yeah. be in as much danger. And they, they're gone. <laughs> Any thoughts about how we deal with that? Pay them more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Well, right now we have uh, 55 months with no contract. Well, what, 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 what's going to happen with that? Not 55 months, 55 weeks. What, what are we going to do about that? You I, think? I, am not, I am not sure. Um, <laughs> I am not sure and I cannot answer that. <laughs> Well, Teresa, how do you feel about policing in New Haven? Are you feeling good about the way the cops... You know, you have the oddest district that goes all the way from where you live all the way down to Morris Cove. That's like a city in itself. It's one district. They've talked for a long time about putting in half, but now there aren't even enough district managers 
for the 10 districts we have. We have four doing all 10 districts. Are you feeling okay about police response and accountability in um, Hugh Meadows? Yeah, yeah. With the police they're doing they're doing their job you can get close to the mic yeah we have a um they're st- they're hiring and you know bringing in new young ones new vibrant fresh police um so i'm, I'm pretty, pretty well it sounds like both of you see when you're talking about connecting people to opportunities are you both saying that you want to connect young people to opportunities to become cops yeah i i if i will go for it i mean if if that's what they're interested in why not i mean i I'm cops, teacher, fire mm-hmm. department, any a- any public EMR, any AMR. public service, yes, you know, profession that that's going to help. And and who would be a better candidate to somebody that is actually born and raised in New Haven, that yeah. actually been in the trenches, that actually know the knows city, people. Know, knows people. Yes. You know, I think that would be a good idea. So um, what other top, are there any other top issues I left out that are on your agenda? Traffic, calming, drug, uh, substance abuse, any other thoughts that are, you talked about mega landlords, you talked about a lot. Talking about mega landlords, talking about opportunities for jobs, you talked about um, policing, any other, and housing. Yeah. Anything else? We kind of hit the high notes. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, there, you know, there's a lot that have been done, but the more work that's done, the more work that needs to be done. And previous alders in my war, Ms. Delphine, I love her. She is like yep. the epitome of an alder. Um, she's been working with me. Her and I have been, you know, really talking about, you know, just how to, you know, effectively be an alder. And I'm going to take her advice and really ex- execute to the best of my ability and serve the people in my ward. I did want to ask you, do you have any role models? Is that your role model? Do you have heroes yes. in politics, either Ms. local or national? Ms. Delphine Cliver. She is <laughs> definitely my role model. How about you two saying when you saw Do the Job, you want to, that you thought did it well, you'd like to do it the same way? Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, Brenda Foskey definitely, mm-hmm. you know, answers a lot of questions I have. Hands down, Jerry Antunes, mm-hmm. one of the best of the best. And one that She's no longer older, but definitely I just love and respect her so much. And, you know, the way she do things is um, Jacqueline James mm-hmm. Boyd. Jacqueline James, I love her. She, she, she's so you got people to help you me. get the ropes when you, but right. it sounds like you're ready to go. Yes, we ready. I have no concerns about the two of you. <laughs> we ready, right? Yes, we definitely, ready. definitely. Although if I had to, if I was in charge of a doorknob that was broken, I might have some concerns about the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not going to let people get away with that, are you? <laughs> well, thank you so much for making the time. It's really a pleasure to be thank both of you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. winning election is Alders in War 12 and War 21. Or yes. 20. Or 20. Yes. Okay, in New Hallville. Brittany Mayberry, Nye Black, and Teresa Morant, thanks for joining us on Dateline New Haven. We'll have you back when you agency let us know how it went. Okay, okay perfect. Thank you. Report. Thank thanks you. to Harry Dros uh, behind the controls. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night. WNHH New Haven's home for community radio.